0: g'day and thanks for tuning in to the outpost church podcast we this week are hosting a discipleship training week and our focus is on prayer and we hope that you find this encouraging god bless you
1: interesting is as I walked into this room, I heard that song and I'm speaking on that song. <laughs> just God is, God is on the move, amen. Um, talking about, just going back to what I was saying earlier about spending time with Jesus and it becoming something of a habit in your life. I just felt to share this one thing that I have discovered in my own walk with the Lord. What starts off as a holy discipline becomes a holy delight. And so you might think, I don't want to be religious about spending time with God. I don't want to be, you know, oh, I don't want to feel condemnation if I don't do it or anything. But can I just say to you, do it as a discipline and then it will become the most glorious thing. It's almost like that's the way it is. It's the the discipline first, then the delight. Taste and see that the Lord is good, but you first have to taste, and then you see that he's good. So I wanted to throw that one in, just as I was talking with someone about it um, on the break. So the third point about prayer is that prayer brings breakthrough, and I have seen so much breakthrough in my life through prayer. And uh, I thought it was interesting when I walked in that there's two scriptures there Um, nothing to do with me Um, they were here before I came in one of them is teach us to pray which is what I shared on the first one the first session and the second one is James 5 verse 16 the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much that's my scripture for this session so it is James 5 verse 16 the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much avails much To avail much means to accomplish. So how many want our prayers to accomplish? We want to accomplish things in prayer. And if the first session was about seeking his face, then this one's about seeking his hand. And you know what? That's great. I hear too much of people go, oh, we shouldn't seek his hand, we shouldn't seek. Well, actually, no. We can seek his hand. Seek his face, but seek his hand as well. Don't throw out one or the other. Do both. Because the word is filled with promises, ask, I want to give you, ask of me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. There are promises after promises about God wanting to hear you for your things that are going on and your requests and for him answering. And I have seen it so many times, it's crazy. And there are many times that I've seen that breakthrough and I've thought, what if I hadn't What if I hadn't, then would I have had it? Wow. So, Father God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you do a deep work in us today and stir our hearts and teach us what it is to pray for breakthrough, what it is to pray fervently and effectively In a way that avails much. Would you teach us and would you give us the grace to step into what it is you've got for us in the area of prayer. Oh, thank you God. (laughs) He's got so much more. He's got so much more for us. Every single one in this room. You need to know there's so much more for you in your prayer life. There is so much more. So Father, teach us the more. Give us grace to enter into the more. And may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever you may have heard or received in the last two days, and you're going to receive from me today and in the next two days, it is putting your toe in the water. I'm telling you now, there's more, and there's more, and there's more. And I pray about my prayer life. I actually pray about prayer. I say, Lord, help me to be a prayer that prays prophetically, help me to be a prayer that prays with faith. Help me to pray from a place of faith and not fear to trust you. I pray about my prayer life. When someone asks me to pray, I actually pray about how to pray. There was a time about a few months ago when my friend had had an ailment for over a year. Her shoulder... She couldn't raise her hands to the Lord. She was in severe pain. She'd go to bed with pain. She'd wake up with pain a whole year. And I go out for dinner with her and I'm sharing a story of how God set me free from a serious shoulder injury years earlier. That's another story. I've got so many stories. And uh, as we pulled up after being at the restaurant, she said, would you mind praying for me? Instantly you have this sense of, she goes, because you've had the breakthrough, instantly you have the sense of, oh flip, you know, hope it works for her too, you know. But no, I rejected those feelings and thoughts and just said, Lord, in my heart, show me how to pray. And then we just prayed a very simple prayer. The presence of God came into the car. She's never had anything with that shoulder ever again. Not only did it touch her shoulder, but the Lord also touched a hip injury that she'd had for many years. That's all gone as well. Praise the Lord. Another time, my beautiful friend here was visiting us with her her daughter who had a dairy intolerance. We all just said, you know what? Let's lay hands right now. Why not? Why not? It's a risk that's completely biblical. (laughs) And it could just glorify God. Isn't that what we're here for? And we prayed for Precious Daisy. And you know what? That was it. All dairy intolerance gone for good. She was really sick before then. God healed her completely. Amen. So... We need to know that answered prayer glorifies God. John 15 says, Let my words abide in me, and let my words abide in you, and ask whatever you want, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Hang on, that's answered prayer. Whatever will be done for for you, by this my Father is glorified. Answered prayer that you bear much fruit, answered prayer. So be bold. Like I always say to my friends, God has never once said to me, Fee, you've been too bold in these prayers. Don't be so confident when you come before me. He's never said that to me, not once. In fact, he loves the confidence that I bring to him when I pray. He loves it. He loves that I say, you're a good, good father. And I believe that you want to give this to me. I believe it in the name of Jesus. I believe it. I believe you and I trust you. So some prayers are answered straight away and easily. Isn't that true? How many of us have had that? Every single probably person in this room has had a prayer that's just been answered straight away. I went into a a workplace and I saw a friend of mine once. She wasn't a believer. I said, how are you going, Amanda? She said, oh, we've been just trying to have children for years and years and it's not working. And I said to her, I'll pray for you. Now, as an aside, I use prayer as an evangelistic tool a lot a lot. I will say to unbelievers a lot, I'll pray for you. And if there's one thing that I see God do so often is answer prayers that I've prayed on behalf of unbelievers. <gasps> Every week, week in, week out, I used to go to a play group and the friends used to say to me, what did you do, Thea? My baby's now sleeping through the night. It wasn't me, it was God. But going back to this friend of mine, I pray, pray, went home, I prayed a simple prayer, Lord, may she conceive She rang me two weeks later, what did you do? I said, it wasn't me, it was God. And we have seen so many times when that's happened, where God has just moved. Another time, my husband and I were smokers and uh, quite heavily addicted. My husband was doing 50 a day and um, I was probably on 25 or 30. And one day we were at a campsite with some friends and someone who was probably smoking himself decided to pray for us. We're talking the simplest, shortest prayer set them free Lord and that was it and this heavy sleep came upon us both of us and all cigarette addiction was broken we never touched a cigarette again he did it for both of us and he did it in a moment that's our God he's still moving we don't want to read the book of Acts and goes that was for then what about now no let's step out in faith God wants to answer our prayers Okay, so if I can give you a little bit of context, though, around it, I am not standing here to say to you that I've just walked this walk the last 24 years and everything's been rosy for me. It has not been rosy for me. It's been really, really hard for me. And sometimes there's been times where my prayers have seemed to fall on deaf ears. So the context of that is this. 2012 I've got four children at the time. I've got an eight, six, four and two year old. I'm homeschooling my eight and six year old and I'd gone from being a healthy, vibrant person contributing to society I thought and something happened to my inner ear and it stopped functioning. Now our inner ear might be a small part of the body but it affects your life greatly. All of a sudden the room was spinning and it didn't stop spinning and I couldn't make it to the toilet and I stopped functioning. So I read something on Dr. Google, told me it was going to possibly last for a year. And I thought, oh my goodness, a year. Well, if only it had lasted for a year. It went on and on and on. And no matter how many prayers I prayed, no, many, no matter how many people prayed for me, I did not get seem to get better. I was very, very, very sick. So I would have spinning rooms... And then a few days of a break, but those days I was recovering because your body's very traumatized by five hours of spinning. And then another episode, and then another episode. And it went on and on and on. And everything I knew about God was shaken. Everything I thought about how he answers prayer and his goodness and his faithfulness and the truth of his word was shaken to the core of my being. I had to dig so deep about his heart concerning healing, his heart about answering prayers, his heart about fervency in prayer. I looked under every rock for sin. There must be something I've done wrong, but you know what? Yeah, I'm not, an, I'm not a perfect person, but to this day I could say to you, there wasn't anything particularly God showed me that had invited it, if you want to use that expression. There were even a group of 12 women that gathered around that formed a prayer team to pray for me fervently. Nothing shifted. And worse of all, that for me, because me and him, Jesus and me, were like this, he seemed silent. His presence withdrew from me. And I didn't feel him for a long, long time. And it may not be that he had withdrawn, but rather that I was so sick I couldn't feel him. Because when you're that sick, you can't feel anything but sick. And I didn't hear his voice. It felt like his voice was silent too. And then one day I cried out to him, please tell me what you're doing and why you would allow this. What are you doing? And I heard one word and the word was fortitude. It's not even in my vocab really. Fortitude. That he was building strength in me. And then there was the silence and the years kept going. And so I was bedridden, off and on, mostly more in bed than not for about six years. And I honestly thought my life was over and there would not be no hope for me. My husband would talk about retirement and I'd go, darling, I'm not, I, can't, I can't even function. I can barely walk. But he did show me, God showed me to rise up and to do it sick anyway. As you know, as some of you know here, I did it sick when the rooms were moving and the walls, the walls were moving and the floor was rising up and down and I would walk and I would pretend like a fake it till you make it. Because I had four kids and I had a family. I had my husband. And God was good in that. But even in, can I say, now that I'm through it and I still have symptoms every day, I go to bed with symptoms and I wake up with symptoms, but I function now. And my quality of life is really good but I can tell you what it does for you. It makes you thankful. It makes you so thankful. And so here I am. I'm not saying to you that I'm a person that's had every single prayer answered every moment right when I needed it, but I'm still here to say our God answers prayer. In the context of my heart, I still absolutely categorically believe that our God answers prayer. And so just because we have that sort of situation, don't allow any seemingly unanswered prayer to discourage you from praying, because that's what the enemy will do. He will say, you weren't answered back then, why would you pray now? Or he didn't do it for them, why would he do it for you? There are lies that the enemy tries to sow into your mind to stop you from praying, because the enemy knows that prayer is powerful. It is so powerful. So I said to God, as I was walking around the house, trying to walk around the house for many years, I would say, I am content with not understanding. I am content with not understanding. And I would speak that out, by faith I believe I'm content with, like it was one of those things, because I didn't understand. Now I'm through it, I do. I would never want to go through that again, but I am so glad for what God put in me through it. The faith that was refined, the gold that has come forward, the ability for me to live now like this rather than up and down. Oh, so good. So God's wisdom with timing, we need to trust him. We do need to trust him because the promises of God are inherited through faith and patience. Not just through faith, but through faith and patience. Sometimes there's the waiting And we don't understand why. We don't understand why. Let me just say that God promises, though, to hear you. He says, the ears of the Lord are open to the prayers of the righteous. Psalm 34, verse 15. Verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. Psalm 28, verse 6, praise be to the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy. Psalm 86 verse 7, when I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me, you answer me and we are the righteous, can I say? We are the righteous and if we think we're not, then we're discounting the power of the cross. He shed his blood to make us right and that's what I was saying earlier, I come before him, I say, I am right with you, I am right with you, Lord, you have made me right. And we need to come from that place, that standpoint when we're praying, we are righteous in him. And so we can come boldly to the throne of grace and access him with confidence. Amen. So with that backdrop and uh, my understanding of God's word and the experiences I've been through, I'm going to bring out four principles around prayer that brings breakthrough in our lives. So number one, remember who you're praying to. Mm. There was a song playing earlier that someone sent to me about a a little while ago when I was about to speak, before speaking, and it was just mind-blowing. And the words, the song's called Remember. And the words are, oh, my soul, remember who you're talking to. The only one who death bows to. Remember who you're talking to. Don't forget who you're talking to. He is the one that parted the Red Sea, who shuts the mouths of lions, who brings down the walls of Jericho in a moment, who puts the sun in the sky, who gets some dirt and breathes life into it and makes it a man. I Think of this. Who is this God that we're speaking to? And then he says to you, I know you. I know what you're going through. He knows the thoughts of every person and he says, is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? So that may be one of the lies that the enemy sows in there. It's too hard for God. He doesn't want to do it. That's another one. He's not willing. Find out in the Word of God. Find out in the Word of God. So as we remind ourselves who God is and what he can do, it builds our faith. That's the platform. For prayer is that where our faith is built, we pray from a position of faith. I've probably said that about four times already today. So I love this. Book of Acts 4, verse 24. Peter and John have just been released from prison. They go and visit their crew because wouldn't you do that? You need the strength and comfort of fellowship, of other believers, of getting around them. In fact, this morning when we were praying, Shane was praying about, God, teach us what fellowship is. Teach us what it is, what it is to connect and hear each other's hearts. Oh, I just felt the Spirit of God all over it. All over it. God has that for us. I look at the weapons of our warfare. One of them is fellowship. One of them is fellowship. I'm telling you now, I couldn't do it without my besties. I could not do it without them. I could not do it with my chur- without my church. Amen. That's as an aside. So there are some things we say that we didn't even plan to say because the Holy Spirit's here. Um, So Peter and John, they go and see the believers. And what do the believers do? They raise their voices together in prayer to God and they say, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. In other words, you're in control. They may have got beaten. They may have got told not to share about Jesus, but you're in control. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now listen, we gloss over this stuff. We need to stop and be people that reflect deeply about the truths of who God is. He made the seas. He made the earth. He made Jupiter and Mars. He made the stars. He made you. And so let's do that. Number one, I pray that we would be people that reflect deeply on who God is and our faith would be built on that. Amen. The second one is, what is God saying to you? Now, when we know what the Lord's word is to us on a situation, we get confidence. And so how are we going to know what the Lord's will is on a situation? It's through the word of God, and it's through waiting on him. So one of the times we had uh, many many stories about this, but one that just comes to my mind is about uh this client so we're in the building game and we had a client that was going was had just signed a contract with this client. It was going to be a year probably a year's worth of income for us, if not more, maybe even eighteen months' worth of income. This contract was a good one and so all all things were going well, all of that and the Lord gives my husband this word I take from the unrighteous to give to the righteous okay. And then a few weeks into about to start the job and the contract's been signed, this guy does something that, hmm, how do I put it? Nothing to do with us, but he can't con- pursue the contract. He can't continue on in the, with the contract. So he tries to get out of the contract. And so there we are, we're going, this is not okay, but what's the Lord's mind on this? Do we let him go completely? We're good Christians. Maybe we should just let him get out of this contract. No problems. But the Lord had given that word to my husband. I take from the unrighteous to give to the righteous. We had that like a cement, like a, a knowing or a confidence in our hearts. So what did we do? We started praying that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Please, God, take, show us what to do in this situation because you've told us you're going to take from the unrighteous to give to the righteous. That's Scripture. And so we did that. And you know what? Because I'm a lawyer, and there was a few little things that fell into place. I sent an email, and I eventually just wrote out, "Look, this is you're in breach of contract. This is the deal. We would like you to pay us." And I gave the X amount of dollars, and the X amount of dollars was a good amount. You know, it wasn't the full amount, obviously, but it was a good amount. Two days took him two days. Yes absolutely. I was completely in the wrong. I'll put the money in your bank account. And when all my stuff works out and all my issues work out, I want to use Mark because he was brilliant. Wow. Thank you, God. You know, we had the word of the Lord. We stood on it. We prayed about it and God came through for us. Amen. So there's lots. I mean, for me, okay, this is what I do. I like the idea of having scripture in me. (laughs) Because then that's like a spiritual memory bank. And so when I'm praying for someone and they've got situations or I've got my own situations, I know what I can pull out of my bank to apply to that situation. So you're going through some hard times. You feel like you're coming under attack. Lord, restore what the locusts have stolen. That's scripture. That's Bible. I can pray that over you and believe for that for you. Or terrible situation, someone's lost something or someone's done. Turn it around for the good, God. That's your promise that you will do that. There are so many scriptures, so many scriptures. I've got what the enemy meant for harm, God will use for good. Lord, you draw. I mean, how often, especially in this day and age, people are brokenhearted. Lord, you draw near to the brokenhearted. I expect you now to draw near to this person. You know, the more you know the word, the more you know how to pray. Knowing the word is key. But then can I say to you, hmm, some people don't believe this, but I'm here to say I'm walking this. God is still speaking to his people through his word, but through waiting on him as well. Absolutely. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And he is still speaking. One time I was in a firm uh, and I was consulting to this law firm. And so the work had sort of dried up and they said to me, look, you need to probably look for work elsewhere. I said, okay, all good. I, started, I went into the photocopying room, started photocopying my CV back in those days. And the Lord said to me, stop, trust me. And I went, what? I'm ready to send out my CV, 10 different firms. Uh-uh, Stop trust me. And it was a knowing. When I say said, we have to be really careful because his voice is not like the voice you're hearing now from me. It's a sense. And the more time you spend with him, the more you will sense his voice. You'll recognize the voice of your good shepherd. You won't follow the voice of a stranger. You'll recognize his voice. And so I recognized that voice. It was a knowing, it was a strong sense that God had shown me a different course to take. And so, in obedience, I did it. And we drive, I drove off, we mean Jesus, drove off after the end of the work. And I said to the Lord, I said, You're not deaf and you're not blind. You see that I'm walking on the water for you now, God, and I'm believing that you will provide work for me. I've got a mortgage and I need you to provide for me because you said it. And that was my prayer. And I had the confidence because he'd shown me, trust me, trust me. Four days God gave me of a break off work and the phone rang. Hi, Theo, we've heard about you. We've heard that you're not working there. Would you like to come in for an interview? I said, "Uh, yeah, okay, that's not actually my specialty. We don't care. We want you to come in. I said, okay, I went in, of course I've got the job. And what God had picked for me was the perfect firm. Law firms can be a bit dodgy. They can be hard places to work in. This was a family-friendly law firm. They were nurturing, they were respectful of my boundaries, and they really wanted to know about my faith. Ah. See, God had chosen the right firm. And I then I got diagnosed with cancer uh, at that firm. And God was able to use the way I walked through that to speak to them about what faith is. In fact, one of the partners walked in and she said, Thea, you're going to get through this because you've got something I don't have. You've got faith. Oh, I'm thinking, you can have it too. Uh, I tried my best and I did definitely shared the gospel many times and God used me in that place because God knew that there were hearts that were soft and people that were willing to hear. So when he positions us, it's going to be fruitful. Amen? So it requires relationship. It requires time spent with him. And it requires waiting on him. We have to hear what the Lord is saying. My beautiful friend here had a situation with her own little baby, her eighth child, and God told you something. He said, he will not die. And then he was diagnosed with something that was very, very, very severe that should have in the natural killed him. But we stood and you stood on that promise and he's alive and he's well and he's beautiful. Because God gave the word and then you've got the confidence and then you pray from that place. Amen. So the third point is don't give up. Oh, it was so clear as I was preparing this message. The Lord said, tell my people to not give up. Tell my people to not give up. So sometimes we'll pray and then nothing seems to happen. And then we go either God hasn't heard, God doesn't care, God doesn't want to. And then we stop. Now, that is actually contrary to Scripture. It's contrary to Scripture. The moment you start praying, your prayers are being heard. Now, at times we get an insight into what's going on, like in Daniel chapter 10. What a great chapter that is. If you have a chance, read Daniel chapter 10 and read it slowly. Daniel chapter 10 talks about Daniel praying and an angel visits him and he says, From the moment your prayer was released, you were heard. But it took me 21 days to get to you because I had to fight the Prince of Persia or Greece. Whatever it was, I should really quote it properly, shouldn't I? come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. So there with scripture, we've been given an insight into why there was delay, haven't we? We've been given an insight, but a lot of the time we're not given insight. We just have to trust that our God is hearing. And if you need to keep praying, you keep on praying. 11, I love this. Luke 11. Oh, this is so good. Luke 11 verse 5 to 8. he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. The friend asked for a loan. The guy got up and gave him. Shameless audacity. But did you notice in the, in the, in the, mess, in the reading out there that it said, Whoa, oh, so good. The door is locked. The friend said the door is locked. Sometimes we think the door is locked. It's not locked. It's not locked. We just have to keep knocking. In the original Greek, it says, ask so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Original Greek is ask, keep asking. It's a continual. Seek and keep seeking and you will find. Knock and keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, asks, keep asking. The one who seeks, keep seeking, finds. And to the one who knocks, keeps knocking, the door will be opened. And so there's something about this, and I can't quite explain it because I don't have the insight of Daniel for every time a prayer seems to delay or even not be answered. But it's incumbent upon us to pray right to the very end, is it not? Isn't it? So I would say that we ask, we keep asking, but the shameless audacity is what gripped my heart. Audacity is a willingness to take bold risks. And I have heard it said, I don't want to pray for that person just in case it doesn't happen. Oh, we need to pray for people. We need to pray for people. Because leave the outcome up to God. But we fulfill our duty as people of God to pray. Because God calls us to pray. There's nothing in the Word that says, don't pray because there might be a chance it won't happen. He just says pray. He says pray and leave it up to God, and then teach, which is my passion for our women in our church and beyond, is, and our church generally, is that we would teach the truth that even when that prayer doesn't get answered the way you think it should be answered, God is still a prayer answering God, and he's still worthy of our worship. So when King David had a son that was dying, what did he do? He rent his clothes, sat cloth and ashes, fasting, praying for his son, it didn't happen. In the wisdom of God, God took the son. But David got up and still worshipped. He still worshipped God. He washed his face. He ate and he worshipped God. Because that's what God wants for our, his people. He wants us to remain steadfast. And so if our people are taught accurately, then they're taught the truth that not all prayers seem to be answered in the way you want them to be answered, but still worship God, still keep on believing for big things. That's why I needed to tell you my story of what I've been through, because it's, it was six years of seeming nothingness. I'm not speaking from a place of every prayer being answered, but I still hold to this. We need to equip one another and, and believe the truths that he remains faithful and don't believe the lies. It's not worth praying. God won't hear. And even Jesus, oh, hallelujah, Luke 18, the persistent widow. Listen to to the lines just before he shares the story, the persistent widow. He told them a parable to show that they should always pray and not give up. Why do we not see that? Why do we give up so easily? May the Lord grant us grace to keep praying, to keep praying and not give up up. And it says at the end on verse, verse 8, but when the Son of Man comes, in the context of the persistent widow, will he find faith on the earth? And what the inference is that true faith is keeping on knocking. True faith, will he find faith on the earth in the context of the persistent widow? In other words, will you keep on knocking? Will you keep on believing God when it doesn't look like it's happening? Will you keep on believing God? Amen. So uh, when I fell pregnant with my first here, darling. Um, When I fell pregnant with Sarah, there was some things in, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, there were some concerns in my mind around some, put it this way, some heritage things going on in my life, right? And I didn't want them. I didn't want my parenting to be infected by what I had received in my past and then transfer it into the sort of parent that I was going to be for my daughter. And so I shared my concerns with the Lord and he said to me, get up every morning and pray. And so for the, straight away, I did that. The next morning, I got up at 5.30 in the morning before work and I would, he said, lift your hands up to me and pray in tongues. And so I did. Every morning, I would lift my hands up to the Lord and I would pray in tongues until it was time to get ready for work and I would go to work. And then the next morning, same thing. Get up, put your hands up to the Lord, pray in tongues. Three months, it was exhausting. If anyone's been pregnant in this room, it is really tiring the first three months. But I did it in obedience because the Lord had made it very clear to me that this is what he wanted me to do. At the end of the three months, something just broke. And the Lord said to me, it's done. It's finished. Four days, three days later, I went to church. Someone prayed over me who did not know anything of this. And she said to me, the Lord wants you to know that it's broken. The thing that came from your heritage, you will not pass on to your daughter. Oh, Jesus. It was so awesome. And how many times I've reflected on that, I've gone... Wow, Lord. Wow. What if I hadn't done that? You'd be very grateful that I have. <laughs> what if I hadn't done that? Would I have missed out on that blessing? Would I have missed out? But what did it require? It required me hearing. It required my obedience. But it was all him. It was all him. He did it. I just cooperated. Let us not think that we can, that he'll do stuff without our cooperation. There are many times God does do stuff without us, but a lot of the time, He uses us. It was Moses had to lift that rod, right? He uses, David had to throw that stone. He uses people in his purposes. I don't know, if I were God, I wouldn't bother. I'd just do it myself. But he does use us and we need to hear and cooperate and obey. Amen. Another time I was, um, I'd had six months off because of the cancer. And the Lord said to me, you're going to get a phone call from, um, a guy, a member of parliament, and you're going to be offered a job in parliament. And my husband drives in that day. He walks in the house and he says to me, the Lord's just told me it's time for you to go back to work. I said, yeah, well, I'm going to get an offer. <laughs> and so a couple of days later, this member of parliament rang me and said to me, would you like to come in for an interview? I said, yes, <laughs> thank you, I would. And I went in and he interviewed me and I came home and he rings me and he says, oh, look, there, we've decided to go with someone that we've known for longer, so sorry, you didn't get the job. Hang up got the house to myself i thought right god what are we doing because I, can i say that job was not as lucrative financially as working in a law firm but i knew that that's where god wanted me to be and so i said okay let's do it let's go and i started praying in tongues and i prayed for probably 2 hours straight and then something just broke the lord said to me it's done and i got a phone call the next day we've changed our mind we want you i'm just like oh, god Oh, God, there's just so much that he wants to do in our lives as we draw close to him and as we hear from him and as we listen to his instructions and get his strategy. It's perfectly biblical to get a strategy from God about what to do. In the story of King David, so he's not king yet. He's about to become a king and he's getting ready. God's preparing him for being a king because listen to what he does. He arrives at Ziglag with his men and Ziglag's been captured and all of the wives and all the sons and daughters have been stolen and all the guys are freaking out. They want to stone David. They want to kill him because they've lost their nearest and dearest, right? And David's freaking out too. He's crying till there was no more strength left in him to cry, it says. But what did he do? Now, most men, I know my husband, bless him, he would want to go straight away and get those guys who took their son, the, the wives and go and capture them straight away. Do you know David stopped and he waited? He actually stopped and said, God, what do you want me to do? Will I succeed in what I'm going to do? Oh, he stopped and waited before he went and sought the Lord's direction. God has a strategy. You might not always hear it. You might not always, I'm not here to tell you 100% of the time you will have a strategy, but a lot of the time, anecdotally, I'm here to tell you I have received strategy around prayer. Another time I was given some information that wasn't great information. Lord, what do I do with this? This is not good news for me. He said, wait and rest in me. I'm like, oh, everything within me wants to warfare. Everything within me wants, no. Stop, wait and rest. And I did. And about two, three days later... He started stirring my spirit. He sent me three three people, three different scriptures that were very similar messages. He started showing me how to pray about that situation and what I needed to do. He started showing me. So it might take time. You might need to wait on the Lord for the strategy. Amen. So the gift of tongues, I just want to go there for a bit. I love the gift of tongues. It's been a huge blessing for me. It's obviously not necessary for salvation and it's not for everybody. But it is a gift for the body. And it is strengthening and it is encouraging. And I know that when I, anecdotally, I pray, I get stronger. But Jude 1 verse 20 says it builds you up in the most holy faith. And Romans eight twenty seven says you are praying the perfect will of God. and You don't know how to pray. And so there is something about the gift of tongues in my life that has brought breakthrough. And I know at times that's all I can do is pray in tongues because I don't know how else to pray in that situation. I don't know how to pray. You know, my daughter, you don't mind, I'm going to share a story about being offered a job recently. She was offered a job. I got a text message of be, her being offered a job as a, in um, a parliamentary office. And, you know, I'm like going, wow, that's like... Whew, that's a big job to do for a 17-year-old at the time. And you know what? I thought I'm not going to pass that request on to my daughter until I've prayed and I know that the Lord's saying, yes, Put it, on, give her that request. And so I did. I just prayed. I prayed. I prayed in tongues because I didn't know how else to pray. I prayed in tongues. I prayed in tongues. And the Lord said to me, done, done. Now you can pass that on to your daughter. I said, sweetie, um, I just heard that there might be an offer for a job for you to go and work in parliamentary office. And she said, "Yeah." That'll be fantastic. I'd love to do that. I'm going, oh, yes. You know, and so there's a sense to which sometimes God will release us only after we've prayed and show us how to go about praying on that situation. Now, the fourth point that I wanted, and can I just say, if anyone wants the gift of tongues and they don't have it, there can, you can ask someone next to you, it says the Holy Spirit will be given to you by your Father, will give you the Holy Spirit. How much more will he not give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And we all have the Holy Spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit as born again. We are born again spirit-filled believers. But when I, I found myself personally, this is my personal, when I was walking with the Lord, Before I was speaking in tongues, it was like I was going along a runway. When that happened, it was like I took off the runway. It was like I started soaring and this boldness came into me that I did not have before. I can't explain it to you. I just got a boldness. It was like I had the Holy Spirit living within me. But when I had that baptism or the gift of tongues given to me as evidence of the baptism, I was like I was immersed. It was like I was dunked in the ocean and brought up. That's what I felt. In my life. So, if you want that, you can ask someone, or I'm happy to pray for you, or Shane, or anyone else. Christy, yeah, right next to you, you have the Spirit of God right sitting next to you, a person with the Spirit's right next to you. So, number four, my fourth point is the role of faith. So, we know that faith pleases God. So, Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For everyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And faith, see this is my thing like back to the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, you know, we talk about oh, have you got enough faith and sometimes there's some bad messages sent to people. You didn't have enough faith And that's why it didn't happen I don't think that's true at all because the word of God says that we have faith as small as a mustard seed that can move mountains every single one of us have that level of faith we absolutely have that level of faith I firmly believe that but what I do think in the context of faith versus not faith or doubt or anything is we need to stay away from unbelief So it's like I've cooked this gorgeous bolognese and it tastes amazing and then I throw a cup of salt into it and I ruin it. It's like unbelief just ruins the faith that you're walking in. And I think of that guy, the father with the sick child. He says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. It's the unbelief that I think we need to repent of, to be honest. Unbelief is what kept the Israelites out of the promised land. It shut down the promises of God. They didn't believe him. So that is an area I think we need to say, Lord, show me. In fact, I pray it over you guys now. Show me, Lord, the areas of unbelief in my life that I might repent of them and declare your truth about who you are and your goodness. And so I think that definitely God is committed to growing our faith. Definitely. Definitely. As I've walked with the Lord in the last 24 years, I definitely have stronger faith than I had back then. But I'm going to have stronger faith as I go forward. I'm believing for that. Amen. And as we pray and as we see God answering prayers, our faith is strengthened. But if he doesn't seem to answer the way, we stay strong in knowing this to be true. When I was sick, I had to hang on to this so much, but I felt like I was hanging on by a thread. But I had to hang on to what I knew about God, that he is good, even though it seemed like he was not at that time. And that he had forsaken me. He had not forsaken me. He had not. He was probably closer than ever. So the other point I wanted to make, which has been pivotal for me, and I encourage every one of you, if you haven't already got one, is a prayer partner. So I have a prayer partner. And I will pray probably four to five times a week with her. And so, Kathy over there, her, sorry. Um, And what that does, and we might just get on the phone, we don't talk, I mean, we sometimes talk about our things going on, but sometimes it's just five, ten minutes. Because when you've built that relationship and you've built that rapport, you do that. It's just a quick five, ten minute thing, you know, and you pray hard. But what I have found that to do is when I am feeling weak and discouraged Kathy might be feeling stronger or vice versa I have other friends like that as well where I talk with them and it's just so good it's so strengthening to be talking and praying with other people it sharpens us so if you haven't got a prayer partner get a prayer partner and the thing is once you build that closeness you don't have to talk on the phone for three quarters of an hour every day you know it can be bang let's go let's start let's do it you know so lots of things that we need to guard against and, the, and, the, and there are lies that we need to be on guard and I just, I'm so passionate about this because I firmly believe prayer is the most powerful thing we could ever do in our walk with the Lord other than reading his word. Those two things are right up there for me. The lies are God doesn't care and God isn't good and God isn't able and God isn't willing. Well, God didn't do it then, like I said, he won't do it now. We didn't do it for them, so we won't do it for you. So I had a situation a few months ago. There's a bit of a material shortage in the building game at the moment. And uh, one of my friends, beautiful believers, they said to me, oh, my goodness, we can't get any materials for our business at the moment. Like, they're in the building game as well. It's really hard, and we prayed. and, it hasn't, and uh, So we reached the place. Mark said to me, my husband said to me, oh, darling, I don't know if I'm going to get materials for this next job. I got the whisper, didn't I? No point praying. It didn't happen for them. It won't happen for you. oh it was as clear as day this thought came into my head (laughs) and I went no you know what I'm going to believe you God I'm going to believe you that you will provide the materials and the next day Mark comes into the room he goes I reckon we have got the last bit of gyprock in all of Adelaide hun (laughs) so you know don't just reject it just reject it and if it doesn't come through like you think it's going to come through for you praise God anyway praise God anyway because he knows what's best And he is good and he remains your provider. Amen. So he wants to build this robust faith in us. 100% he wants to build it. I have seen, I have seen marriages restored. I've seen bodies healed. I've seen people set free from oppressive spirits. I've seen allergies gone. I have seen women conceive so many times. I can't, I don't know what goes on there, but women conceiving. I've seen it so many times. I've seen so many Breakthroughs. I've seen bowel conditions completely healed, long term hay fever gone. I've seen a friend that had severe bloating and difficulties. She couldn't even barely eat completely healed. I have seen so much that God has done, that God has done. And we literally act as like His representatives, but we come and we just say, Yes, God, I will pray. And He does the rest. He does the rest. And He gets all the glory, and those people hopefully are drawing closer to Him and giving Him thanks. Amen. So I'll just say this, that I've discovered in my own life, is that the more I pray, the more I want to pray. So just open your mouths. You're in the shower, you're in the car, you're wherever you are. Just begin hanging out, washing, whatever. Just begin to speak to him. Just give him thanks, if you like, whatever it is. Just begin to speak to him. And the more you do it, the bigger your prayer muscles are going to become. That's what I have found in my own life is that prayer begets prayer. There's lots of wonderful things. I I firmly believe, well, the Word of God says it too. Paul says, I long to be with you that I may impart some gift to you. Paul could impart gifts to others. That means you as believers can impart gifts to others. I I definitely feel the faith to do that at times when I say, Lord, what you've given to me, I pray that you'd give it to this person as well. This gift of faith, or this gift of tongues, or this gift of prophecy, the gifts are meant to be for the strengthening and edification of the body. They are beautiful. They are to be embraced and not scared of, provided the gifts are used within the framework of the Bible. It's a biblical framework, and it's always in love. The Lord, it's no coincidence, put 1 Corinthians 13 there, right there, about love, in the center between the two chapters on gifts the gift of prophecy and all the other gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Love is to be at the very core. As I was driving here, I said, Lord, let it be about love because he is love. Let it be about love. And so, But the gifts, I encourage you to cry out for the gifts. I cried out for the gift of prophecy. I'd been nine months a Christian. I opened his word and it said, eagerly desire that you prophesy. Okay, Lord, I'm not going to uh, question that. You've told me to eagerly desire it. I'm going to eagerly desire it. And so that moment, I did, I'm on my knees, I cried out for it. A couple of days later, I'm speaking with a friend and she's praying and she's saying, God, I don't know if this is the guy for me, if this is the guy, and I just yell out, no, he's not, because God had literally just given me a download that this wasn't the guy for her and I just spoke it out like a really immature young Christian would. As the years have gone by, God has taught me how to use prophecy in a way that builds up and encourages and really does not detract from their relationship with the Lord. So we should never step into that place of speaking that they would then come to you instead of going to God. And I always say this about prophecy, that it is always going to be confirmation of what that person already knows. It shouldn't really come as a surprise what you share with them as a prophetic. I feel like the Lord might be sharing this with you. Always in love, always to encourage, always to build up and strengthen. And if it is a word that seems to be somewhat like a rebuke, sit with it sit with it pray about it and, deli- and it's all delivery is key do not deliver it with harshness be very careful even check it with someone else I've got this word that might feel like rebuke and someone did that to me recently they said oh, I feel like I've got a word for someone that might be a bit of a rebuke what do you think about this word they shared it with me and I said no <laughs> they're not in a place to hear that at the moment I don't think you should be sharing that with them at this stage. But they wisely sought counsel about sharing that harder word. So, But pray about the gift of prophecy. I often ask God to help me to be prophetic. I believe God wants us to be a prophetic people. Would that all God's people be prophets? I believe he wants us to speak his words to other people. Always in love. Always with the biblical framework. So what I'd love us to do is to be praying for One another. You have got people right next to you that can pray for you. Um, But what we could do is we could have a time. um, Yeah, let's have a time where I pray for someone, which seems a bit awkward when I was talking to God about this, it seemed a little bit strange. But this was the thought I had. So there's an awkwardness around role-modeling prayer, (laughs) Um, but that's okay. Stay with me on this. Um, And it's just to see how I might do it to pray for someone, Shane, and Shane had this idea too, separate to me. You actually had the same idea, didn't you? So would you like to hop up here and you can be my guinea pig? Um, Shane had the separate idea and I had it a couple of days ago as well, just to pray and um, so let's just say, let's just say Shane was going through some hard times and he came and shared with, with me these hard times that he's got, right? So there's a few ways you can do it. You can acknowledge, and it's a beautiful thing to do, you acknowledge, Lord, you know what Shane's going through, right? You know that he wrestles with, and, and you actually, you actually um, articulate those things so that the person feels like they've been heard. That opens up their heart. And so, God, you know that there's been a challenge lately because of da da whatever it is. That's one way I've heard it done. I tend to go, I tend to, I like the idea of being a little bit more prophetic. So I'll be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I start thanking God for things about shame that I'm sensing in my heart. Or even just, I just start opening my mouth because the prophetic is about activating. So you need to speak it out. Then faith comes. You express your faith Open your mouth and things begin to come. So thank you, Lord, that Shane has humility on his life. Thank you, Lord, that he's teachable. Thank you that he's hungry for you. Thank you that sincerity, he's marked by sincerity, actually. And he loves you and he loves others to know about you. And that he is learning to stand strong in you and not waver through unbelief in any area of his life. He's learning that and he's hungry to learn that. And you begin to just speak out these things of thankfulness about who Shane is or what he's like, right? And if you can't think, like we're not stepping into the prophetic straight away. You can just say, thank you, God. You know, he's your child. You love him. You're for him. You're not against him. You can pray, is this okay? Is everyone okay with this, what I'm doing? You can pray general stuff over as well. Thank you that you know you're for him, you're not against him, you love him, you care for him. You've got a plan for his life. So thank you God. And then you just begin to pray whatever this situation is that but I'm going to pray over you that you would know deeper levels of intimacy. Okay? Yeah. All right. So Father, we do want to thank you for Shane. Lord, he loves you, and it's because he loves you that he wants to know you in a more deep and intimate way. Would you bless him with that, Lord? Would you open up the windows of heaven? and give him such an understanding of your heart for him, Father, that you are always for him, that you accept him and embrace him, that he can come and be himself, and it's safe to be that way, Lord. And would you meet him in places like never before, Lord? I'm asking you to do something for him and in him that he's never known before in terms of intimate encounters with you, and that then others would be blessed, but he would be blessed in his relationship with you. Thank you, God. We commit him into your hands. We thank you that he is a man that's learning to trust in a deeper way and not be fretful and fearful. Thank you, Lord, that he's learning to trust. He's learning to let go. He's learning that it's okay to entrust things into your hands and not need to keep things for himself and hang on and control. He's learning to let go. Thank you, Father, for him. In Jesus' mighty name. And I do see amazing hearts. Like I said that to Christy earlier. It's I, I just love you guys. You're just beautiful. Like it's, mm. and that's not a flattery thing or anything. I just see the hearts of both of you and you're really quite lovely, amazing people. So I hope that that's encouraged you people um, to uh, believe for big things from God. Keep trusting him no matter what. And why don't we have a time of prayer now, Shane? Are you happy for people to... Just get together in pairs or how would you want to work it, brother? causing you anxiety or anything like I believe the Holy Spirit would show you the one thing you know what is something that will rise up within you as you're talking with, that comes up anxiety or just anything you need prayer for the first thing that comes don't overthink it and just share it with that person you know and the more you pray for other people there and then the more comfortable you're going to become with it and then you can pray help me to pray For this person inwardly. You don't have to say it out loud if you don't want to. I will sometimes lay hands on people and say out loud, Lord, I'm believing you will give me your prayers to pray for this person now. You will give me prophetic prayers for this person and then I launch into it. (laughs) So you can do that. Why not? Lord, show me what to pray for this person right now. God is faithful. We're leaning on his faithfulness, aren't we? So yeah, so I pray that God would bless this time Um, richly bless it, and may there be an ease over this, Lord. Encourage your people around praying for other people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Did you want me to answer that question as best as I could now, Sophia? Okay. Um, I've just been handed a question. Will there be strong clarity when we receive baptism of the Holy Spirit? Um, So the word in the book of Acts, it does talk a lot about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence was speaking in tongues. That's the evidence of being baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's not the only evidence, right? So that's what happened to me. Certainly I've heard it from a lot of other people. And I've I i heard I've heard people say that they had fresh measures of boldness that came onto them uh, when they started speaking in tongues. Um, but baptise me in the Holy Spirit. I've heard other people say, I just knew I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I said to them... Uh, what happened did you speak in tongues they said no I didn't I just knew that something had happened that I was immersed in the Holy Spirit it just seemed like a different experience and from that day onwards my walk with the Lord was stronger deeper more intimate more able to hear his voice Um, there's mysteries around it can I say it is a there's some mystery around it but we can't I, I don't want us to avoid addressing these things because there's mysteries and we don't have all the answers 'Cause then we miss out on the goal that is there. You know, so I'd sort of boldly go sometimes where no person wants to go, but I you know, I know it's been amazing in my life. So I hope that helps in some way. Yeah. Manuel did you want to land me a question without any notice as well? When and how Yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, I had been saved, so that experience in the water was in 1995, I got saved in May 18, 1997, and I was in a, it was like a charismatic church, and a lot of people started speaking in tongues around me, and I was like, why can't, why isn't that happening to me, God? Because all my friends who were freshly saved with me were speaking in tongues, and I felt like, I want that for myself, and then someone said to me, you've prayed for it, now just rest and believe that God's heard your prayers. It was almost as if stop the striving, stop the trying, and just rest. And then what happened after a short time after that was I started getting just one syllable. It was just one syllable, and this person said to me, "Well, that's one syllable. That might be from God. You know, that would be from God. Just practice that one." And it was I just. Pra- and then one night, I'm sleeping. And I have this dream that I'm driving and that I've smashed into a white picket fence. And as I smashed into the white picket fence, I woke up speaking in tongues. And I danced around the room for two hours and joyful and so happy and grateful. God needed, for me personally, God needed to slow that mind right down, right down into sleep for me to actually receive it. But, you know, I have had situations where people are praying for others to receive the gift. And then, I, and then they'll say, what are you... What do you, is there anything coming? They go, oh, yeah, it is sort of. yeah. Then speak it out. It's okay. You don't look like a fool. Just speak out that one little syllable that's coming to you. And then it might begin to flow more and more and more. And you're not making it up. Don't resist the temptation. Oh, I'm making it up. That's just my own thoughts. You know, resist that. I don't know if Shane wants to add to that as well. Um, it's all different for every person because we're all unique. Uh did you want to add to that Shane? Not everybody. No, not everybody, but I think why not? Why not? Why would we not want it? Like what are we scared of? Um you know, it's a it's a gift from the Holy Spirit and it's something that's definitely um encouraged and strengthened me and made and calmed me too when I'm feeling nervous or anxious, I'll pray in tongues and yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'd say it doesn't define you're not more spiritual with it. You know, well, God's not more pleased with you if you've got it, or makes you more. You know, no. Um, rest in Him with it too, in terms of receiving. Yeah. Any other questions? I'm happy to uh, take questions. Um, no. Okay. uh yes. I would love you to contribute, Sam. Yes. No, Sam's like, oh. So encouraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one Corinthians twelve talks about the the gift of tongue, or the the gifts being given by the Spirit as He determines. So in a sense, there's that thing of you know, if He determines to give that gift to you, you ask, and then really He's sovereign. He remains like any answered prayer. Um, there's also the gift of tongues in terms of using it. You know, it says. Uh, Getting into deep stuff here, but you know, using it in a church setting, a church body type environment, perhaps you don't speak it unless there's an interpreter. So, but the problem I always have with it is how do you know if there's an interpreter when you've got that tongue? Um, I was in a service once and this guy did get up and he um, was speaking in tongues and I absolutely categorically knew what he was saying. I completely, it was like he was speaking in that heavenly language, but I was hearing it in English. It was really really strange and I didn't speak interpretation because I was too you know scared but uh, so yeah I think that's why um, it doesn't get used as much in our in our church settings anymore because who knows if there's an interpreter right there but then it says for you to interpret if you don't have an interpretation don't speak so sometimes we I've seen that happen People have spoken in tongues and then they've interpreted themselves. I've seen that; that's been hugely edifying. Sometimes, when I've heard a gift of tongues being used in a church setting, it's clear that it's something that's meant to have been released into the body at that moment. And then it, it's a it's a tricky one. Um, I would I personally I will pray in tongues um, in a in a prayer setting where I f- feel comfortable, but I won't. I'll avoid praying out loudly in a prayer setting, a group, because I don't want to distract the people while they're, so I'll pray gently and softly in a prayer setting. Um, But then there are times when people come forward at our church and you can see they're wanting, like they they share something that needs breakthrough or needs something, and I'll say to them, I'll just lay hands on them and say, are you okay if I pray in tongues now over you for a few minutes? Are you okay with that? And they go, absolutely, I so am. You know, so I actually just ask. And if they say, no, look, I'm not, I go, that's fine as well. But I actually ask out of courtesy. uh, And then sometimes I don't at all. But if I feel to ask and I want to pray in tongues, I do. Nowadays, there was a time I didn't. But, you know, I think that sometimes for me, when I start praying in tongues, I feel like when I open my mouth and speak in the natural, I just target so much better after I've spoken in tongues for a few minutes. This is all anecdotal again. Okay, so just stay with me, guys, because... It's what I've known for 24 years. It's what I've experienced. If I pray in tongues and then I go into the natural, I'm so much more prophetic and targeted. Uh, That's me. Uh, Would that resonate for you, Sam? Would you say you've had the same experience when you, yeah? yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. right same and here without, like yeah to yes God. totally that I've read. It's like the devil can't understand. uh-huh
0: yeah yeah when you speak in tongues, you're uh-huh yeah to God yeah God. And like
1: the,
0: yeah the devil, yeah like make
1: a no yeah 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 so yes and you know what I've what I do in those situations when I meet people that go oh, that's it I don't it's like I've given them a piece of cake if they don't want to eat it that's fine I won't no that's all good you know yeah no nah, no nah, that's right it's not they're not they want that cake that's okay you don't have to have that cake and I completely respect that yeah Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I know. It says not everyone speaks in tongues and not everyone, it's, yeah, there is a thing at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, not everyone speaks and the spirit gives as he determines. So uh, hmm, the only one that I would say categorically that I would actually die on a hill on is the gift of prophecy. Eagerly desire the gifts, especially that you may prophesy, prophesy. So eagerly desiring the gifts is so important. I, I think because God knows the gifts strengthen the body yeah, eagerly desire the gift of healing. So I was at a prayer meeting just recently and a brother just said, Lord, I want that gift of healing. Give it to me. I want that gift of healing. And I've been praying for two years for these hands. I've been praying for two years, Lord, anoint these hands for healing. I want to lay hands on people and see them healed. I can't explain to you how many more people have been healed in the last two years since I've been praying that prayer. But it's not just a one-off prayer. I've been praying that, you know, And but since the last two years. The last two years have been so different from the last 22. So, you know, why not? What's the problem with crying out for that in our lives that we would be, you know, and don't overanalyze it have I got the gift of healing or not? Just you actually, it's all by faith. So, you step out and you go, you know what, I've prayed for that gift of healing, I'm gonna now believe. Now, I'm not gonna, oh, they didn't, uh, okay, I'm gonna keep on believing, I'm gonna keep on, be- you know, I'm gonna keep on praying. There's something about this perseverance that I don't understand in God's economy. But it's true, isn't it, Shane? There's something about the knocking and the persevering and the keeping on believing when you don't see it. And something about that in our walk. Amen. Amen. Like we together are not lacking in any
0: spiritual We have what we need. If there's one person on their own doing what God's calling them to do, they'll have what they need mm. in that situation. If a whole group of people, if they're doing what God's calling them to do, they'll have what they need in that situation. We're not lacking in any spiritual. Oh, that's, so mm.
1: that's great. So, um There was something that occurred to me uh, when I was speaking earlier, just about the whole point of what has already been given to us. And so Shane touched on it and reminded me that we've already been given so much and we act as if we haven't. And sometimes it's a matter of just claiming it and saying, no, that's actually been already given to me. And so walking in our inheritance and that you've probably heard that a few times but I'm just going to remind you of the importance of walking in the things that have already been given to us and we pray like it's not ours but it's already is ours so pray from that place more you'll find your prayers to be far more fruitful um, I was thinking about this uh, when I was ho- homeschool for my four children, four out of the five, and uh, looking at the Homestead Act in the 1850s in America. And it was an act that allowed black people to go and claim land in the West and just to have it for free. All they had to do was go and get it. It was theirs. Huh, so good. They, just kind of, they went there, they traveled there, and they put their stake in the ground. Now this is mine. And I wonder if we're just seeing all these wonderful things that have been purchased with the blood of Jesus. We just need to stake our ground and say, thank you, Lord, that's mine perfect peace is mine, it's already mine, you know, yeah, so may that be, may that uh, work in your hearts and may the enemy not steal it, may the Lord protect that, that, that seed there that God just put in, hopefully it's going to sink in and bear fruit, amen, so what, this is about activation, that's what a workshop is, Um, you've heard some stuff, you've liked some stuff, Um, some stuff has sunk in, so what I want to do is put some of this stuff into practice, so, My first thought, so it's going to be two stages. So the first one is to go off and have some time on your own. What a gift. On your own with God, you and him. And so as you do that, whatever the Holy Spirit, I would commit, I mean, I can pray over you now, but in your own, you can say, Lord, I just pray for this time that we're going to have. When I get up in the mornings as I'm preparing my cup of tea before I go off to be with Jesus, I'm actually praying for my time with him. I ask God to protect it from the enemy. I ask God to bless it and lead it that I would hear so clearly from him as I come into my room with him. I actually pray over my time with him beforehand. I cover it because you bet the enemy doesn't want me to have it, you know. Um, So you can pray over your time with the Lord. Before you start, Jesus, may this just be the most amazing time I've ever had with you. Like, I ask the biggest prayers. May I hear from you more than I've ever heard before. Whatever, whatever comes to you, don't be, uh, don't hold back. He loves this. He delights to meet with you. Delights to meet. So you know, and it's again, it's not formulaic, but you know, look, thinking about talking to him about how wonderful he is. Eyeball him. You are so wonderful. Eyeball, like really you're talking to a person, you're talking to the living God, he's a person, he's there. Imagine if you need to sitting next to you, like facing him and actually really focus on your speaking to him and then who you are in him, what, he, what you mean to him, the love he has for you. So just set that framework and then whatever comes. Now lead me God as I speak to you about whatever's on my heart, whatever's going on in my life. And if you've got your journal, write down some things and then just wait. Like I find it helps a lot to not over talk. So I try, I know, believe it or not, I don't over talk. <laughs> um, I try to bring my issue to God and I just go, oh, like, you know, I, I might just say I've got a, something to do with one of my children. Oh, Lord, this is, I'll just bring to you my things about this certain da da and I mention their name. You know, God, that I'm struggling at the moment because of... And then I just sit and wait because, you know, you know what? He knows way more than I do about the situation and he can download. And so as I wait, it's like I do not strive to hear from him. I do not strain and strive. I fully relax. And if I have to breathe a few times, deeply hold my breath and let it go, I actually relax my body and then I just wait, not really thinking about the situation at all, just... Relaxing my mind and thinking about him, but just in a very non-striving, I've found in the years gone by, I've found non-striving, non-straining to hear from him is the best. I just relax. And in his faithfulness, impressions start coming to me. Impressions start coming. Like seriously, like I'll just be there and I'll talk about a certain situation. You'll go, yep, this is, and you just know. It's like a wisdom he downloads or an understanding or an insight right, and then you write it down, and if and you can actually check it, you can go back the next day or two and read it and go, yeah, that was, or not, you know, and obviously it's got to line up with scripture in the sense that one of my friends told me that God told him to stop praying for three months, well, no, he didn't, <laughs> I don't think so, you know, there's some things that you go going to go, God did, probably didn't say to stop praying for three months, you know, because it's not biblical, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, so, Another one said, told him not to read the Bible for five months. Anyway, this is just, it's like, this is where it gets wrong. Um, but uh, you can test those things by looking through back through your journal. So write down what comes to you. And then uh, I reckon we're going to do that for 20 minutes. Shane, is that good? Yep. What time have we got now? So we have oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to do it for 20 minutes because I really actually want to release. I just want to equip you a little bit on prophetic prayer and praying for one another prophetically. Don't freak out. It's all going to be good. Um, So why don't we just do 10 minutes of that time with the Lord? I know that's a bit rushed, but, you know, um, 10 minutes, go off and find a time on your own and then we'll come back. Yep. Good. I'm going to pray over it though. (laughs) Father, I just want to thank you that you would meet with your people. Um, And with the sweetness of your presence and with your um, tender ways and may your voice be clear and may their hearts be open and may they be real with you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless their times. Amen. So uh, what I want to do just in the final minute, unless someone wants to share, is there something burning in their hearts that they'd like to share about their experience just now? No? All good? Okay. So, what I want to do now is actually have a time of praying for, some, for someone else. And I would like you, because you know, how are we ever going to grow unless we get out of comfort zones? I would like you to find someone you don't know. And, um, yeah, am I a bit soft? Um, just find someone that you don't know. And then, see, the thing is with the prophetic or prophetic prayer, even, let's start with stages, just prophetic prayer, because that seems to, sometimes that's the most comfortable thing rather than I've got a word for you from the Lord. Just start praying prophetically. It's like anything else, it is by faith. And so if you believe, Lord, I believe that you will help me to pray prophetically or pray what is in your heart or show me how to pray for this person, all same things, right? Uh, And then you just. Start praying for them. Lay hands on them, or if you don't want to lay hands, that's fine. And start praying, believing that what you're praying is from the Lord. It's really as simple as that. You have to step out in faith, though. That's the thing. Now, some of the things I do when I pray for people, and I, I would like to give them a word of encouragement, I start thinking in my head, what's a Bible character, Lord? So I'll say, Lord, what's a Bi- who's a Bible character? that this person, you would see them as mostly. And so then I'll share that with them. Oh, look, I really see that you're like, you're Ruth, you know, or uh, whatever, you know, that, and that Ruth was characterized by faithfulness and servant-heartedness and humility and, you know, or whatever, you're a Moses, you're a leader, you're, but you're humble and you're, you know, um, Shane. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a Moses, you're humble and you're a leader. And you don't push yourself in your leadership, you know. You just, you just like God's given you that, and you, it's not as if you chase after it. You don't chase after it, but you have got, uh, you carry an air about you of authority, which is from the Lord. And so that was what will be attacked: the air, the authority that you walk in, will probably be attacked more than anything else, uh, because it's from God, and the enemy hates it. Um, but there's humility wrapped up in it that's why it's not from the flesh it's from God and so yeah be encouraged with that so um so uh, you know so I'll get like you know uh, people and so the more you know the bible of course the more prophetic you can be um so firmly believe so the other thing is firmly believe that God wants you wants to step into that situation for that person Absolutely firmly believe it. Now, I've been thinking about this lately, and when we say that we've got a gift in an area, it's actually not a a prideful thing to say it because it's a gift. A gift, you can't earn it. So that means I've done nothing to deserve the gift. God decided to give it to me. So if you wanted the gift of faith, you can ask God for the gift of faith, and then when you know you're walking in the gift of faith, don't be embarrassed about the fact that you walk in the gift of faith. It's a gift. You haven't earned it. I remember a friend of mine said to me, oh, can I pray for this person? I've got a gift of healing. She just said it out of the blue, just so beautifully. I thought, well, wow, well done. Why don't we say things like that? I've got a gift of healing. Can I pray for you on that situation? That is just like gold, isn't it? So um, I, I, um, I do feel like the Lord has given me a gift of faith. Uh, And I've only really come to that realization since I preached on spiritual gifts about six months ago in our church. I realized, wow, actually, that's what I've got. I've been given a gift of faith. I'm no super giant. I've just been given a gift of faith. (laughs) And it was actually quite freeing. That meant, which excited me even more, that means, ooh, others can have that gift of faith, and they can operate like that, and it can be for everyone, and we could just, you know. Uh, So you can ask for that gift of faith in your own life. Surely, God wants to give it to you for yourself, for others around you. And other gifts, like we talked about, gift of tongues is an amazing um, uh, gift for understanding God's will and heart and for getting stronger for your own walk. It is, 1 Corinthians 14 says that's the edification of the believer, whereas prophecy is for the edification of the church. And so that's, it does, when you talk about gifts, it is a superior gift. In that sense, it says it in one Corinthians 14. It is a superior gift, the gift of prophecy. Why? Because it builds up the church. So help me to be prophetic. Give me a prophetic gift, Lord. I want to flow in this. Help me to have boldness to step out in in uh, prophetic gifts. Really, the gifts are just they're under under not understood that well in some circles in the body of Christ, and we're scared of them, and we don't know how to you know really move in them at times. So. What I want us to do is find someone you don't know, and um, I i don't know about sharing the issue that you've got. I'd like us to step out even more boldly than that, is not overly share the, the thing that's going on. So people will come forward for prayer at our church, and I'll say to them straight up, you know, just speak openly and honestly about stuff. Is there something that you've got um, that you really need prayer for, or do you just want me to pray generally as the Spirit leads me? And often they'll say generally as the Spirit leads you know, so why not? Why don't we do that, guys? Can't we be comfortable enough? You know, we're not going to, really, none of us are going to say anything, you know, or pray anything that's going to be out or off, really, are we? So can we do that? Maybe don't even share much. Maybe just get together with someone you don't know and begin to give thanks for that person, general stuff that you know is true for every single person on this earth or for every single believer. Start thanking the Lord for just general things so that your mouth starts opening all right? So your mouth starts opening. That's the beginning of the faith thing. And then some stuff might start coming, okay? How does that sound? So let's grab someone that you don't know and let's pray. Would, I, would it be okay if I grabbed someone too? Shane, I could be part of this too and grab someone? Hmm? Yes, Steve. Yeah. You all and to Shane and Christy for making me feel welcome. No worries.
0: Thank you, Thea. Who has been blessed and encouraged from Thea today? Amen. It was so good. So good. And yeah, just want to say a big thank you again for being obedient to what God's called you to do and obedient to His call in your life and blessing us with your gifts and your presence and your passion. It's been amazing. And a big thank you to your husband, Mark, who released you to do this on his birthday. <laughs> So, and yeah, we won't hold Thea up. She needs to, she stayed a bit extra long um, than she was going to. So she does need to leave promptly to go see her husband. Um, But yeah, thank you again. And yeah, just a reminder, we're back here tomorrow. If you haven't registered for tomorrow, but you'd like to come, just let us know. You're welcome to come. And um, yeah, if you have friends, other people you want to invite, there's still time to do that. We've got tomorrow and Friday. And Friday night, there's a prayer night at Southern Life, 7pm to midnight, which will be awesome, so come be a part of that and see what God's going to do. And right now, for those that can, we're going to go to Manor, we'll try and leave reasonably promptly, um, because they shut at 3, so if we're going to go, let's go, and um, have some more fellowship and chat and pray and whatever over there and be a blessing to them and their business and let them share because you know they had to work so they couldn't be here so we'll give them a bit of a blessing of share some of what we've learned and encourage um scotty and the crew there as well so i'll just say a prayer to close and anything else shane that you want to say all right Thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for this time we've had, this precious time to be enriched and to be fed in your word and, and the fellowship of your people. And, yeah, Lord, just thank you that you provide for us so abundantly. And with um, what you give each of us personally, but how you've gifted all of us to be a blessing to one another. And I pray that each one of us would be continually hungering and seeking after spiritual gifts so that we can continue to build one another up to love and good works and to see your kingdom expand and flourish in this place. And we ask your great blessing over Thea and over hills uh, baptist and that whole ministry that whole church so we pray that you just provide for their every need and that you would bless them and prosper them and your kingdom would advance mightily through that church that ministry and and in that community and yeah we thank you for what you're doing in us and through this week and we pray again your blessing on the, the coming days um here and yeah bless everyone as they as they go out from this place amen